Thanks for joining us for this week's show. First and foremost, Pete and I would like to express our deepest sympathies to the family of George Floyd, the man whose death came horrifically and unjustly at the hands of the Minneapolis Police Department this past Memorial Day. Secondly, we want to express the mixed emotions we've had towards the protests and riots that have subsequently unfolded across America. Just like systematic racism and the oppression of minorities at the hands of those in power, the demonstrations that have taken place also know no geographic boundaries. And while we hope that their messages and demands for equality and justice in the eyes of the law are met in the swiftest and most comprehensive manner possible, we understand that every day that passes without a suitable resolution is a day that justice has been denied. We are seeing firsthand that the will of the people and the disenfranchised can be heard when spoken in concert with one another. But we also somberly acknowledge that actual change must be enacted by those that hold the levers of power. We here at the show want nothing more than for those voices to be heard as swiftly as possible. That we can begin healing and working towards rebuilding trust amongst all factions. The American experiment must continue. It is the most noble of causes. And we must aim to prove all detractors to be misguided, unwelcome, and most importantly, wrong. The Born to Be Mild Podcast. Hey, hello, and welcome back to another special remote episode of Born to Be Mild. For the week of May 31st, 2020, I am joined by Ronald Cabuno, and you know me, I'm Peter Crawford. Ron, we were both out of town this week. Now, I'm still down in Florida and I need a snorkel to breathe in this humidity. But you just got home from Maryland, so number one, how was all that? And number two, uh, did we miss anything happening at all going on in America this week? So the answer to the first part of the question is everything was fantastic. We got to spend some really quality time at a non-social distancing level because we had so much trust in the people that we were visiting but we were very careful as a group and it was a great multi-family outing and it really did buoy the spirits but then you need did yeah because there's been so much going on this week that i felt like i was living on the moon not being attached to my phone and keeping up with all that's been going on in the past 72 hours but everything that i did see was mortifying and head turning in every regard so it's a yin and yang um, I am, I, you know, I'm decompressing on the back porch as we, as we record this with bourbon and a cigar because I find it to be most necessary at this juncture. Um, but, you know, all in all, it was all right. And, and me and my family are okay. So I'm taking solace in that. And it sounds like you are doing pretty well in Florida and you're doing, you know, such great work being there for your mom. How is that going? It's been good. Um, we've been doing a lot of recovery 
inside the house trying to find what things can be saved. We found some photo albums. We've found some uh, artifacts. <laughs> artifacts, like I'm Indiana right. And so, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but so for the for the listening audience, this is your return trip to your mother's and ants burnt down abode in Florida, and you're basically sifting through the wreckage of childhood memories and also trying to help her with insurance claims and you name it. So, like, it's a multifaceted job down there that you and uh, Grace are doing. Yeah, and it's really been fortunate to have both Grace and I here uh, for Mom because she's been a, a tremendous help to my mother, helping uh, her calculate uh, an actual number to attach to her list of all the things she's lost for losses. They've, mm-hmm. they've got to make an itinerary of everything. And then you got to, you got to add up the value and it's just so tedious. Yeah, You have to put a price on your memories, essentially what you have to do. You do. <laughs> and it's not a fucking fun thing. Right. And, and it's so actually the- can be really like, um, frustrating at times. Uh, well, even if you're familiar with like totaling a car, you're like, okay, I get 70% on a hundred percent value um and it literally just rode off the lot and you're sitting there doing that with something that means the world to you and someone's going to turn around and tell you it's worth two cents right there are things that are just going to be priceless and irreplaceable uh fortunately we found a lot of things like the memorabilia of my father's um time in the military and the paperwork and the uh a lot of the things that uh we were saving from that uh, which yeah. were extremely important to my mom. And uh, there were photo albums that we were able to find and some VHS uh, old cassettes of uh, the, the family when we were younger. So we've been really fortunate to find some things and that we were able to salvage. So uh, kind of a positive note. Um, I don't like to be down That's here awesome. under these circumstances. But yeah, so far it's been... It's been a nice trip to be down here and be able to help out. Even though we drove down here. I don't know if I mentioned that to you. The you drive is long. Yeah, I did not. We, we, we opted to drive. What is that, like risk. 20 or uh, no. 18 hours? It, it was only about 15. Um, cause, where are you at, uh, mid-state? Yeah, we're, in, we're uh, closer to Orlando. So okay. it, it wasn't too bad, but we wanted to have the car to be able to bring things back that were mine yeah because you can't fly and to be able to stay stuff. mobile while you're down there you can't be right. burdening someone be like i need a ride and I you only got one ride. car and mm-hmm. right so I, this yeah, was completely understandable this was great for but us but like you so you also said that um you didn't have the best service when we were trying to keep in touch a couple of times throughout the week so like what has it been like for you trying to keep up with all this news because i was so distracted with stuff of myself i can say that like i felt you know completely inept in terms of uh, staying abreast. Well, this all started to unravel uh, shortly before I left to come down here. And I I think I had a little bit of a, uh, an intuition about the, the the fact that we were going to see some civil unrest. Um, but I didn't know it was but going to But the fact that far. it was a contagion is, I think, what swept everybody and took everybody by surprise. Um, right. It was, it's, it was like this tinderbox that basically had nowhere else to go. After um, you can see that inequality in terms of assistance during the pandemic playing out, um, and you can obviously see uh, millennia of oppression being um, vocalized in the streets. Uh, so this is it's this conflation of all these things, and you know you have to think back that this Ahmad Arbery case is what set the tone for this to be uh, the straw that broke the camel's back. 
with Mr. Floyd. Yeah, it really felt like a, a prelude uh, that was that was put into place before uh, the, the actual meat of the story was going to come, which is what we have going on now. Um, for uh, people who are not entirely in the know, basically we, we are discussing the obvious fact that uh, there was a man um, by the name of George Floyd who was uh, allegedly uh, using a counterfeit bill or something at a convenience store, and he was detained as he was arrested, and the video evidence that we see essentially shows one of four officers suffocating the man to death with a knee on his neck against the ground for about five minutes while the guy right. yells, I can't breathe, I want my mama, I want, I just, please let me get in the car, I can't breathe, and the man died. And exactly. Um, I spent my weekend with that? a guy who is, uh, has had some a history in juvenile corrections, and I was just talking to him about, you know, what people have been trained in terms of de-escalation, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff has gone by the wayside a little bit recently, um, even though DeWine this week was really good in the press conferences once again representing the state of Ohio. He was more than empathetic when he was talking about the Floyd case and about the unrest that, you know, followed because he understood and he put himself in the position of of George's mom or whatever and said, this could have been my kid and I completely understand the frustration. So I thought it was, once again, pitch perfect from a Republican to say such things in light of all that was going on and all the different avenues that he could have taken and obviously all the different avenues that his Republican counterparts have taken. Um, so that was nice. That was really good. And that was, but it it was surprising as well because, you know, to, to hear this little white, uh, elfin looking dude who has, you know, had a very conservative track record along the way, put himself in the shoes of a black family in a very honest fashion. It was nice. I got to say, and it was, it was heartfelt, but uh, sorry, to get back to the de-escalation part, he talked about how um, cops have really made it a point in the state of Ohio to practice de-escalation. So mm-hmm. getting back to this conversation I was having with my friend, he said, you know what, back in the day, you would have to have 30 seconds of restraint and then get off and then see if they were okay and then sometimes even switch out officers because you were only allowed to have your hands on someone for so long. And those were the type of things that people were keeping an eye out for when they were detaining people years back. And you don't see that anymore. And you certainly didn't see that in that video. Like, it's like you never gave that person a chance. And he said, you know, the very first thing you're going to do when you have somebody's knee in your back, whether you're guilty or innocent, is you're going to struggle a little bit. So they have to give you a little bit of rope. And they didn't do that. No, they didn't. And what? Uh, so first of all, I'd like to say that at the in the preliminary stages of this entire fiasco, um, it, it seemed to be—I don't want to say unanimous—but it was it was widely agreed upon that what this cop did was was wrong. Now you still have. And luckily, I think it still there. is. Well, okay, but yes, but there's we have to get into chapter two before we we get into that. So, um, well, chapter one, right? Chapter everyone was on board with chapter one. That's what everyone I want was to on focus board at that on. point, saying yeah, because it did. It really looked like this dude murdered. Now there was still, we all want to say it was murder. There were still those people out there who were going to say, well, it wasn't murder and it wasn't race related. Right. You know, if he would have right. just been compliant, then he wouldn't yes. have died. And at some point, you you can't. That's like me saying. 
Like, these are still policemen who are held, they're supposed to uphold the law. They're held to a standard where they don't kill people. I can't get, have well, somebody he was cut compliant. me off in traffic and, like, follow that person home because he cut me off in traffic and then shoot him. And they'd be like, well, if he didn't drive like a jerk, then he'd still be alive. Like, you can't justify this dude killing somebody just because you thought that he was resisting at first. And video was released that looks like he really wasn't being all that resistant anyway. So he was far more compliant as a suspect as they were compliant in the handbook of being a policeman. Mm -hmm. Far more. Um, And so where I see the deviation coming, I was definitely pissed as fuck when I heard that this man was only receiving a third degree murder charge and a second degree manslaughter charge. And and that's where things started to get... (laughs) That's where things start to get ugly, because you know the type of sentencing that black folks get in this country, and you know the type of just, I don't even know, it's definitely um, asymmetrical sentencing. And when they saw this, they saw it as a cover-up of one of their own, and it was not the justice that they wanted by any means. And not, not the justice that I wanted by any means. No. Uh, the officer's uh, name who decided uh, his knee would be uh, the ultimate gavel in the justice system here was Derek Chauvin. Um, the guy, he doesn't exactly have a clean record. He's been in the force for 18 years. He's got about 10, uh, 10 uh, misconduct accusations, and he's been involved in multiple shootings. Um, I, we don't know much about the guy, what all of these other details are, but it's possible this but guy is But we do is know that he's got a history as a hothead. Yeah, exactly. This dude has definitely got uh, some temper issues. And he, also, I was kind of shocked to learn that uh, Chauvin and George Floyd apparently worked together at one point at a, a, a nightclub. Yeah, at the same nightclub, they were working at the same time as, as security. Uh, about 15 years ago or so. The and irony then, is not lost on me. So did he know him? Like, what, did they have a history? Like, there's so many questions this brings up. And I, I, I can't understand the defense for someone saying, well, this guy deserves to die because he... he no, that's indefensible. But not only I, that, I think that any cop that was sitting there standing by is an accessory. And I think a lot of people are with me on that. Um, you yeah. either you have to face some kind of retribution. If you're not going to get charged as an accessory to this murder, you certainly need to have your badge taken away or have a, uh, a real strong look at what you do in the field in in terms of um, excessive force and letting that go. Well, yeah, that's your number one duty as a police officer is to uphold the law. And right there in front of you, was the law clearly not being upheld by your buddy Derek? It doesn't matter what he was wearing. Absolutely. Yeah. You saw a crime being committed. That's right. And you let it go. Now, does that make them an accessory to murder, in your opinion? Well, I mean, we don't have good Samaritan laws on the books, but we do have... (laughs) This isn't um, Seinfeld, no. That's what I mean, but we do have um, decorum and uh, proper procedures in terms of police. Like you said, it doesn't matter who was doing this. If you saw your fellow policeman throwing bricks through windows, you'd probably have to arrest him too. And we can get into that because we don't know who's inciting all these riots. It's all over the map. Um, You've got stories coming out that it's 
uh, white nationalists. You've got stories coming out that it's Antifa. Just this morning, Donald Trump said that he wants to designate Antifa as a terrorist organization, even though they have nowhere near the organization capabilities. They're as not people an organization who, who <laughs> care like, about the Brotherhood or, or uh, the Boogaloo. Right. These uh, civil war uh, bloodlust folks on the far right. I mean, like, yes, I understand that if you have people who are plotting violence and plotting destruction of private property or whatever, that yes, they need to be found out. But essentially what they're trying to do is put a broad blanket over anyone on the left who wants to resist this type of oppression and then infiltrate them and completely dismantle them so that they have no voice as a collective. And that's horseshit. Yeah. Yeah. So now we're kind of getting into chapter two here. Um, the aftermath of this, we kind of right, thought there, right. there may be, uh, a little bit of, uh, backlash, but I didn't know it was going to be on this level. And this no, is where, this no. is where people started to disagree. And I totally understand why people don't want to see riots and they, they're afraid. They don't want to see small business owners and people who have nothing to do with anything getting their property destroyed. I get it. Like, I get it. It's not, no, nobody's out there saying yay violence, but right. The, the, so I, I, I have a cousin that lives in St. Louis, and I have been in lockstep with. He's like my little brother, mm-hmm. but you know, in the past couple of years, he's become a small business owner, and he posted something on Facebook that totally blew my mind. And so, if you're out there, my brother, I, it, you know, it confused me, and I know it was just a semantic type thing, but it's like when you say like. I got all these people who were rah-rah support small businesses during the pandemic, and yet they're all for protests and destruction of private property during during this uproar and upheaval. Um, like I'm like, wait a second, how many people were actually in both of those camps? Uh, and he was just basically worried about his own livelihood, and I'm telling him that those are two separate things, and... When you get somebody that asks you, and it wasn't him, just in general, when somebody says, do you condone violence? And I I have to ask, what do you mean? In what form? Is it the first sin or the second sin? Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. It, it, there There is a debate to be had about this. Now, you have a lot of people on the, the side of the protests being uh, the, the violence and the, the, the riots all being wrong. And you know what? It makes sense. But listen, I get it, though. The peaceful protests have not affected any change whatsoever. They're laughed at. They're Damn derided. Right. Taking a knee, these types of things, the, the shirts that say I can't breathe, they've all been completely laughed out of the, the, the whole scope of this conversation. And people yeah. are fed up. This country has grown because up Because the black riots. folks aren't bringing long guns to the state house, maybe they're not being taken seriously enough. You know, it's like, all right, but you know, if they'd have done that, you'd have mowed them the fuck down. So maybe that's why they started out peacefully and that shit didn't work. And it's not working. And now you're mad about that. You know what? The, the truth of the matter is that we've always had riots and vandalism to signify the unrest in this country that did impact change dating all the way back to like the stamp act, the Boston tea party. If you don't understand that those were also riots, then you have a skewed understanding of American history. Yeah, and you really had to stick your neck out back in the day if you wanted to be for the secessionists, essentially. Yeah. And and it was for a righteous cause. It was just like it is right now. A rebellious move for a righteous cause. And yes, it was violent. It was riotous. But you support that now, do you not? And so... 
you have to look at it from a perspective that is outside of your own box. And that's so difficult for people to do who, and I hate to say, I hate this word, but it is, it's privilege. Ugh. Okay. So, uh, when I wanted to start this podcast, you know, fucking four years ago or whatever, um, I was always talking to people about the upcoming election uh, in 16, and I had two questions at the outset for them. One, do you believe Barack Obama is a Muslim? And two, do you believe in white privilege? And these were like such dividing line questions where I knew where you stood on a lot of things just by how you answered those two questions. Because yeah. one, you know, you can totally understand that uh, some someone calling Barack Obama a Muslim is completely uh, right, devoid of factual evidence, is based on misinformation entirely, disinformation yeah. even. That's that's intentionally right. people being misled by media. How much do you like to dip your toe into the waters of uh, make my story real, right? <laughs> Whatever exactly. it may be. I want to like, check yeah, into so. I'mRight.com. So, <laughs> yeah. But then the second one is, do you understand your place in the world? Do you understand your place in society? And do you understand the type of systems that have either bolstered or held you down your entire life? Right. It is. Um, now, you don't want to take white privilege too far or male privilege too far. But if you don't acknowledge that it exists, a lot of people were. It's, uh, that's quick- another thing. That's right. They were quick to say, uh, you know, well, they always bring up this stupid damn statistic that more white people are killed by policemen in this country each year than there are black people. And, you know, okay, let's throw away the fact that 65, 63% of the people in the country are white and only about 13% of them are black. Let's throw that out immediately. And so well, because that explains at, everything, but we can go from there. <laughs> well, we can go from there because the point is, how often when a white person is killed is it a situation like a George Floyd situation? There's a white dude with his knee on a white guy and he chokes him to death. Show me the video. Very, very rarely, if ever. Exactly. This shit happens. There are crazy white crackheads out there getting killed by police. I get it. That stuff happens. But look at this situation. I want to see that situation. I want to see a George Floyd scenario on video where he's a white guy. Until I see that, you know what you I can't you say. know all I need to see is Dylan Roof. All I need to see is that motherfucker getting let out with a stupid ass look on his face after mowing people down. Mowing people down, mass out of shootings. pure hate, out of pure hate. They and handle guess these, what? Just these because shooters his, with just kid because he's put his gun down. Uh, like he knew he was able to do. So you know the law. Just like anyone else who is a tax evader or um, wh- you name it. If you know the system and you know how to work the system to your advantage, you could do whatever the fuck you want, get away with it, and then hopefully deal with the consequences to the best of your legal ability afterwards. Yeah. And black people aren't afforded that. Bottom no, line. No, they're not. They're killed and, you know, this is not even the... We've had... In the past, like, four or five years, so many incidents that are exactly like this, where there's some guy who is, what was the, the one dude he was allegedly, like, selling cigarettes without a permit or something? And Eric Garner? Was that the one? I can't, I, I, the original I Can't Breathe? I, it was that Absolutely. Him? Was he the original I Can't Breathe? But I mean, yeah. like, yeah, but like, it, it, you know, obviously. This isn't happening this to is, white people. This, this stems from George Zimmerman. This is, this stems from Ferguson. Um, this, this. Um, I thought was reaching a, 
a point of you can't uh, stomach this anymore over the killing yeah. of Tamir Rice. It if felt you saw like it was that, reaching a boiling point saw, back then. If you saw cops roll up and shoot a fucking kid without even stopping their car because he was playing cops and robbers or whatever with a fake gun, and um, and these people aren't brought to justice, like where does it end? Like right. it's the same thing with Sandy Hook. If we can't get a control on guns in this country after children are mowed down because the lobbying and the and the bloodlust and the the lust for guns is so strong in this country, I'm at a loss, man. And you know what? I'm not against gun ownership, but like you've got to play it on both sides. You can't look at uh, Tamir Rice and say, "I think the kid's got a gun. Kill him." And then allow this Kent State gun girl to walk around with an AR-12 everywhere she goes, just because it's Makes her me right sick, or whatever. Man. It's ridiculous. Yeah. That girl, that that girl should be. I I don't. You know what? I'm not even going to talk about her because it's going to piss me off. So um, back to the, back to what's <laughs> well, relevant. I shouldn't be. I shouldn't back to what's relevant. <laughs> I shouldn't be made to felt that uncomfortable anywhere. And unless you're someone who is a legal, proper authority, you shouldn't be able to sit around and be judge, jury, and executioner on a whim because you had nothing to do on a Thursday night and you felt like playing police. Yeah. I, I, I don't understand the, the need for uh, to show off the fact that you can carry a gun like that when you know damn well that somebody like George Floyd could not walk around with an AR-12 on his back And at the same time, there are... There are people who fit that demographic that are doing good things. You know, I saw some people. Sure. They were some kind of rednecks. They, you know, self-identified <laughs> rednecks that I were think protecting I know what you're talking stores about. in Atlanta. I think I know what you're looters. talking about. Yeah. And they're like, listen, it's just, this is for our community and we're doing what's right because we understand that we want these businesses to be around once this is all over. Um, and even Killer Mike, man. I mean, you know, because I love this man so much. Now, he was all in lockstep with Bernie because I understand the type of change Bernie was about to bring was going to definitely disproportionately help out lower income and black communities. And so that's all I'm all for that. But like for him to go up there and and let people know that the way they were going about this on some levels was not right. And that like you can't he said, yo, if we lose Atlanta, what the fuck else do we got down here in the south? Right. You can't fuck up the only thing that we got left out of this level of frustration. We have to focus it in the right way. If you didn't like the prosecutor that put your dude away, you got to vote in somebody who's not going to. Express your opinion at the ballot box but and do it as educate you know, do it as responsibly as you can. As responsibly. Yeah. I agree. So um I want to get back to uh, Derek Chauvin before we uh, continue to move on with sure. the riots. By all means. Uh, yeah. So rightfully so, as you mentioned, he was charged with murder. I don't think the charges were steep enough. I think he should have been charged with straight-up second-degree murder all the way. Uh, but they gave him third-degree murder and second-degree uh, manslaughter. Um, the definitions are really vague in these things, but it, basically it's him getting a cop pass. And uh, I'm not sure you know, what kind of sentence, but I think they should lock him up for 40 years and throw away the key and put him in a jail cell with uh, a bunch of guys who aren't really fans of racist, <laughs> corrupt cops. We'll see if he makes it through those 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So uh, one of the, the highlights for me, uh, Obama actually spoke out 
uh, about the George Floyd thing. And we keep talking about we need leaders to uh, come out, especially on the left right now, and emerge to make their voices heard a little bit. And he talked about the injustices of people in the country still being treated differently based on skin color. Uh, he basically, uh, he wrote the difference um, comes whether it's while dealing with the healthcare system or interacting with the criminal justice system or jogging down the street or just watching birds in the park. And now he's obviously yeah. referencing Ahmaud Arbery and uh, a Central Park man that I want to mention in a little bit here, which also was a an interesting uh, racial injustice this last week. Uh, Obama coming <laughs> but in, it was and just spitting fire. <laughs> it was, like he always does. It was really cool, and I'm only laughing because my man Bomani took uh, took um, the Central Park do- the bird watching man on this week, and he had a question from one of his dudes oh, that said, "That's awesome. I wish I would have saw that." <laughs> well, he said, you know, obviously this lady was is not mentally stable um, because they've they've seen her acts in in several different instances. Uh, she got her dog taken away. She ain't got shit. Um, and she did call the police, and she was quote unquote a Karen, as they said. But a like, was this dude a was this dude a Karen too? That's what the guy asked, and I thought it was hilarious because he's like, ah, maybe now yeah. did he deserve? You know what I mean? Like, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, that's like, a Karen move. I thought that was re- that's really bold of him to say that. I was like, wow, good for you, man. Because you have to at least try to see both sides. You don't have to agree with both sides. One side could be blatantly wrong, but at least take a look from the other perspective for one second to fully understand the the story. Right. Well, the thing is, is uh, there was a little bit of uh, Karen. You know what? I want to right now, real quick, apologize to anyone in our audience who is named Karen. Um, <laughs> right now that word has become a slur and I'm sorry about your name, but, uh, currently we're going to go exactly ahead and exactly what it. he said. It's and apropos. he said, you know what? A lot of these sisters out here are named Karen, man. Can we find a different name? <laughs> yeah. There's actually a little not, bit of a movement on there. It's kind of villainizing, uh, Karen calling it a slur for, uh, <laughs> anyways, I don't want to get too deep into that, but, um, yes, I think both of them were acting quote unquote, like Karen's in that moment. The difference is, is that she was blatantly and on film being racist about it. Like why, when she made that call, which she didn't need to make, she kept overemphasizing that it was an African American, African American. That yes. was threatening her. There was you know what? African-American if it's a man, man that's threatening, if it's a man that's threatening you, the cops are going to come just as quickly. You yeah. really don't have to clarify his skin color. Oh, They'll sure. They'll be there. Asian. Inuit. But she it made matter. sure to. Yeah. She kept uh, she kept saying African American man, and it was it was ridiculous. And it's funny to see that on video. Um, it, what's we, looking back <laughs> with Ahmad Arbery, and uh, now we've got the uh, the George Floyd thing and this bird watcher guy. Uh, there was a great quote by uh, Will Smith that's been passed around social media like crazy. Racism is okay. not getting worse; it's getting filmed. In the era <laughs> of the smartphone, <laughs> we're just now. Everything is coming to light. We're able to watch all of these things happen in real time. This stuff's been going on the whole time, folks. It's not new. We're yeah. just seeing it now. And I, I don't know if more liberals or conservatives thought that they could say that we were living in a post-racial world when Barack Obama was elected. I don't oh, know God. if it was which side was more delusional, um, but I got to say that I might have taken part in a little bit of that. 
and you know just just getting smacked in the face over and over again with reality ever since now i mean it started day one in the obstructionist and in the burning of the man in effigy like uh, as soon as he was elected so it, it didn't take long for that shine to wear off but like Oh, it's immediate. You thought we it were making strides, irony. man. You thought we were making strides. Or at least you thought that those type of people weren't going to be able to have their voices heard. But they were just fucking biding their time. But they were. They were louder than ever when he was elected. So it's... it's. Um, I, I felt... I, I don't know that I thought as much about racism during, let's say, Bush's second term. And then I, was, I thought, too, and let's say we're both delusional, that we made big strides when Obama was elected. But the second he was elected... Holy hell, were we proved wrong. Because racism was alive and real, and its colors were shining as brightly as ever in the late uh, months of 2008. Yes, and they were becoming symbiotic with conservative movements that had nothing to do supposedly with race. Oh, we're, we're fiscal conservatives. We're pro-Second Amendment. We're this, we're that. But turns out in the end... You guys are all okay and on board with when the totally bad shit starts happening. You're not disavowing yourselves, and that's the problem. Right. Yeah, and, and it's only gotten worse and worse. Um, I, I, I don't want to you know, say that uh, just Trump's election was uh, the cause of it. It's just I feel like it's been an escalating thing uh, this entire time. So I, I don't know why, but the curve seems to have swung back up in the past decade, and we're really seeing it right now. It's disgusting. So um, let's talk totally about the agree. riots, though. Uh, like uh, before, you know, uh, before we move on, I want to say uh, uh, also uh, it just so happens Derek Chauvin's wife is divorcing him in the midst of all this. I thought that was pretty interesting. What do you think? What do you think this woman is like in real life? <laughs> all right, so this gets me back to the the root of how someone. When anybody asks how someone like Trump can get elected, I say, well, because look around you. How many fucking assholes do you know in real life? How many of Mm -hmm. them do you know that are married? There's a lot of people that put up with assholes and not only that, condone their behavior. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Guess what? It's more prevalent than you think, the assholeness. And it's not just a man thing. It's a woman thing, too. It's like a, a secret uh, subconscious oppression thing. I don't know, but there's a sickness with a lot of human beings out there. Oh, absolutely. I, and there's no way that she like was completely oblivious to this guy's assholeism their their entire marriage. I'm assuming she knew the man somewhat intimately, so she knew what kind of a person he was. And all of a sudden, now she probably she's liked deciding, a little bit of it. Who the fuck knows, right? I, I'm sure. Well, and she probably smells a book deal right now. So, mm. or a very real possibility is that maybe he was abusive to her as well. We don't know. Um, like, And she was she was always kind of afraid, and this was her opportunity to escape. But totally. I know I know there is no possibility that she had no idea what, what a cocksucker and a racist, potentially a racist... Was capable of. Yeah, this violent jerk-off who just killed a guy, and she's like, well, I didn't know that about him. He seems like a great guy. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Except, you, except when he strangles the chickens every morning, and all I asked him to do was go get eggs. Right, yeah. And if she's actually been abused by him, I'm not making a joke about her in that light, but um, it's something interesting. And I say good for her for getting the hell out of it, if that's the case. If that's the case, That's all conjecture, yeah. So Um, uh, these riots, yeah, so these these are what have divided America yet again. We have to divide America. It's 2020. Um, 
where, where do you stand? Are, do you think that this is justified or, or do you think this is overblown? I think that I think that I I get an uneasy feeling when I see destruction of property. Sure. I see um, situations where people are putting themselves and others in danger for the cause. Um, I can't tell you how grateful I have been to be friends with so many progressive, active people through Instagram who are professional photographers um, because I'm looking at their stories this week like never before and I'm so thankful. A lot of them were out there on the front fucking lines. I've seen several of my friends from that platform be hit by rubber bullets on their stories. You know what I mean? Like this is how they were spending their Thursday. So I thank them and I also thank the youth because they're the ones who are out there in full force, not just because they ain't got shit to do, but because they're always the most hype. And you, yeah. you get a little more, uh, not conservative in terms of politics, but in terms of lifestyle as you get older. So I would like to thank right. them. For everybody who, like myself, is sitting at home with a child, wishing for the best, hoping for the best, but maybe too chicken shit to put their ass on the line because of what they could lose at home, you know, by being out there, I would like to commend them for doing so. Right now. Although, I, you know, it should be pointed out that sometimes you see some of these teenagers out there and it feels like it's really an excuse for them to just go out there and wild out and kind of. But yes, you know, those violent way, you know, those that impetus, that uh, recklessness that that the youth has in general. And mm-hmm. um, I just wish that it could be focused in the right ways. And a lot of the times it is. And so when we. um Look at cases like this Umbrella Man. Did you hear about this dude? No, I didn't. Who was apparently caught on film. You got to check this out. He is uh, just one man, a white dude, during one of the protests. I forget. It's somewhere down south, I believe. And he's smashing out um, the big plate glass windows of a car, like a, a, a car parts store, like an auto zone or something with a hammer. And you got these black kids who are following him like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Cut that shit out. And he's not talking. He's just doing it. And they're like, dude, are you a cop? Like, cut this shit out. You're going to get us fucking killed or in trouble or whatever. And he kept doing it. And then he just walked away. And it was all mysterious. And it was caught on film. And I'm like, how many of these people are out there? How many of these people are out there inciting, hoping to delegitimize the movement or whatever, or just don't care? Um it's really tough or they feel like this is the time that they can latch on to someone else's movement for their own causes in the end. Uh, there's such a conflation of different agendas right now. It's really tough to suss out what's what. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you right there. Uh, before I go on uh, real quick, uh, your audio is sounding a little weird. Uh, my I, I audio is maybe, weird. Maybe it was just on my end, but there was kind of like you had like a, a little bit of a metallic sound in your voice uh, here and there just during that last little uh, uh, part you were talking. So it might just be on my end. I'm not sure. That's all right. We're going to keep all this in. So (laughs) yeah, for sure. I'm just saying, uh, mark down the time time there so that uh, you can look at it and see if there was anything. Um, All right. We'll do. Cool. So yeah, I'll check out the umbrella man. Uh, It was not, not aware of that. That's the first I've heard of it. So I'll definitely look that up. Um, So yeah, the riots are really scary. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm okay with being down in Florida right now and not in Columbus because they, they were they were starting fires. They tried to set the Ohio Theater on fire, for Christ's sake. 
And, uh, I and guess that's not was... cool. And not only that, no. they had some pictures of like Pike's Market in Seattle, and you got all these people who are like, bro, you're going to take out these landmarks, these local historical landmarks that had nothing to do with y- the oppression of, of anybody. And they're not going to be there tomorrow if you fuck them up, because it takes whatever, and it takes a second to wreck it, as the BC boys would say. Right. And the, uh, these aren't the enemy, you know, but... I'm looking at it from a perspective I'm trying to, saying, you know what, maybe this is getting attention, and it actually is. There is, this is enough that people are saying change has to be made. These people are really fucking pissed. So, okay, now, there is that. If you, there's a difference between channeling that frustration towards the big box store that is completely insured, even from rioting or whatever, and even right. if they're not, right. it's not a local business. I get it, and I kind of am okay with in it. Minneapolis, because, <laughs> so yeah. Okay, so that one was crazy because I it was either the governor of Minnesota or the mayor of Minneapolis who said that they specifically cleared out that police station they got rid of all sensitive documents in Mm -hmm. terms of ongoing investigations and things like that and it was essentially a sacrificial lamb to save other businesses in the surrounding area so that these protesters could focus all their energy on one spot instead of several and although that didn't play out that way in the you know intervening 48 hours since i thought that was it was kind of genius, exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, if you have to sacrifice one public building that is totally going to be insured and rebuilt and no one's going to get hurt and everyone's going to be able to vent their frustrations through that one act, I am all for that because right. it needs to have an outlet and hopefully it's with the least bodily harm possible. And it felt like a, an appropriate, relevant target too, you know? Correct. Right. <laughs> Appropriate and relevant target is a very good distinction yeah. to make. You're not burning down Antonio's pizza. <laughs> this guy had nothing to do with anything. So, um... The, <laughs> Unless you're talking of... about do the right thing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh my god. That motherfucker. I, I haven't seen that movie in forever, dude. Spike Lee. Right? So good. So good. It, yeah, that is a great movie. I gotta watch that again. Um, you see the, uh, the White House is on lockdown? Just a yeah, temporary absolutely. lockdown, apparently, for this weekend. But uh, you know, while while Trump's out there espousing his uh, his his problems with the terrorist faction known with as Mr. Antifa. Dorsey, yes, yeah, gotta, absolutely. So, do you want to talk about that right now? Because I thought it was a pretty bold move. Uh, yeah, go ahead, get into it. I'm ready. Okay, well, I mean, like, so I think the New York Times put it best, where. Twitter was laying down these lines in the sand and Trump finally crossed it and they had to do something about it because I personally believe that this man should have had his Twitter account revoked and taken away the minute he took office, just the same way you wanted to take away Obama's BlackBerry for security reasons. Mm -hmm. There is a circumvention of the truth and a circumvention of the normal channels of checks and balances that the media, the lamestream media that does their actual fucking homework provides. And the fact that he's able to go around that and spew this disinformation, if we want to talk, I, I, I wanted to go through his weekend review because he is batshit crazy on so many levels. And we're going to hold Joe Biden accountable for one misstep when Donald Trump makes a thousand of them before breakfast. It's unfucking believable and unconscionable. I can't stand it. And these social media platforms have a lot to do with it. So like, 
these right-wingers are like, well, once they designate it as a possible hate speech or glorification of violence, I can't share it. It's like, that's right. You can't share it because that's the point. You're not supposed to incite violence. You're not supposed to disseminate misinformation when you're the leader of the free fucking world. Yeah. Because it's not the free world anymore if that's what you're doing. The bottom line is it's their platform. It's their private business. And if you are someone who's a proponent of the Constitution, like pretty much everyone on the right claims to be, um, then you have to you have to hold up the First Amendment. And, they're, and here's they where we get into net want. neutrality, right? So you want to strike down net neutrality, and you don't want to have information flowing in a free and even manner. You want to play favorites because you are tied to private interests. That's completely hypocritical. Yeah, I think that... Um, if, if everyone has been following this, Trump really wasn't censored. He's mad. Basically, he was flagged for misinformation when he was he was going on another tirade about mail-in voting and all the fraud that's going to happen. And he's been going crazy about saying Joe Scarborough is a murderer and it, just some really off-the-wall conspiracy all right, So bullshit. how sad is that, right? You have a woman who died in uh, the congressional offices i believe of scarborough many years ago right and this case has been figured out to the nth degree where there is no foul play at all no it's a case closed. and you have and you <laughs> have the actual widower of this woman pleading with the president to stop bringing these horrific traumatic events back up and into the light of day for him to relive it in a in a completely public and unnecessary manner and 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 yet he persists yeah he keeps going because he's not interested in that uh, this is a man it's interesting he would uh, attack twitter too this guy tweets like thousands of times per day more than anyone i know it's ridiculous and now he's going to get mad at twitter the way he got mad at fox who was his best friend three years ago this guy loves to burn bridges and he's going to battle with his favorite platform right now and it's hilarious because he doesn't have a leg to stand on. He signed this executive order about social media silencing the right wing. They're like, no, we just don't want you like putting like violent statements out there. Yeah, <laughs> you're talking about shooting Americans, and you're 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 just exactly you're throwing false information out there. We could have been dousing you with these flags for the last five years if we wanted to, but we've been cool about it. And now we do it once, and you're going to throw a hissy fit. You're a fucking child. <laughs> right. And in complete contrast, you have Zuckerberg sitting back saying once again that we're going to let the chips fall as they may. And God, hopefully these duck. idiot Americans. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine uh, someone less uh, properly suited for their place in history? He is such I, a I, limp I just made dick. this in my dorm room. Uh, I don't know what to do. Can I just make a hospital and put up my name on it and then everything goes away i, I Zuckerberg no, has bro, no idea you can't. what to do with his spineless his top spineless. five wealth he yeah he is he's spineless and he's vanilla he's he's weak i i don't it, I and don't he's know. a sympathizer at this point man like he's he's reminding me of uh the plot against america where you got this jew sympathizer of the nazis like you're turning your back on your own people I don't understand. You know, they should bring in Jesse Eisenberg instead of Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, the Jesse Eisenberg character from uh, The Social Network, I mean. 
bring they that could guy. Bring in fucking Michael Rappaport. Hey. I don't give a fuck. Anybody's better than this dude. But Jesse Eisenberg's character seemed like he would have been a guy who wouldn't take Trump's shit. Uh, the real Mark Zuckerberg, no, yeah. unfortunately, is uh, just completely like just mush, limp dick. Absolutely, he is an absolute. So limp dick. it's unfortunate that you know you have these pillars of communication in the modern American society, and some of them are are literally bringing our democracy to its knees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to say that because you can't. You can't sit down and just sign an executive order. It might as well be a piece of toilet paper and say, oh, the media is not agreeing with me. Like, again, Trump, this isn't North Korea. This isn't China. You don't have a state-run media branch that you can do this to. The whole point of this country is the First Amendment. It's the first one. (laughs) There's no reason. And they made it the first one for a reason. Yeah, and I don't, I don't understand how he's surrounded by these, these ass-kissing sycophants who allow him to get away with this. Somebody step up and be like, dude, you can't do that. Just, just go over there and eat your KFC and shut the hell up. No way. When you're, when you're one main dude, your ace in the hole, your secretary of state is a fundamentalist Christian who may or may not want to see apocalypse because that's what his religion tells him is the end game. You're kind of fucked. <laughs> because he's not going to try to save the oceans. He wants the oceans to burn so he can go beat his maker as soon as possible. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> the, the man is calling him a loose cannon at this point. It does not do it justice. I don't know what to say about Trump at this point. I, I don't consider myself a far left individual. I consider myself a little bit of a centrist with a, a liberal lean because I think that's sensible. But nobody has aggravated me the way that Donald Trump does, and it has nothing to do with politics. It has everything to do with who he is. It has to do with decorum, sensibility, and humanity. Yeah. And he is devoid of all of them. He is. And uh, people want to give him a pass on a lot of things. Everything is clearly in the shitter here in 2020. But I got to say this. Everyone (laughs) is quick to bring up the fact, well, it's not his fault, the coronavirus, and this and that. Okay, okay, listen. No. Not every single thing that happens is directly Trump's fault, but indirectly, yes, it is. Almost all the trials we're battling and navigating through right now have some correlation to his actions, his inaction, or his enabling influence of some of the worst human beings in the country. That's right, and possibly putting them in the positions of power that they hold to to do their evil bidding. Yeah. Uh, either through like, uh, you know, um, either directly or just because that's what they happen to do through ineptitude. Yeah. And uh, um, getting I- back real quick to uh, the Facebook thing. I thought David Frum, because by God, I love listening to never Trump Republicans, as you know, <laughs> yeah. um, he was on he was on the bulwark this week and he had a really good analogy. Um he was like, all right, so imagine back in the day when you had regulations on the quality of meat. And uh, you said, you know what? I'm trying not to poison everybody, so we're going to come in and we're going to be a government agency and we're going to check every uh, meat processing plant to make sure that you're not poisoning our citizens. Okay, well, when McDonald's came out and said that billions and billions have been served nobody threw their fucking hands up in the air and said uh i guess that's too many to be able to check go ahead and do whatever the fuck you want 
Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's the same thing with Facebook posts. I understand that you're not going to be able to check everything, but to say that you're not going to check anything, anything is derelict in... Uh, yeah. It's pretty So ridiculous. I thought that was really clever. Um, yeah. I mean, Facebook at this point, uh, it, people laugh at it a lot these days. Like, it's, it's an old folks... Uh, uh, platform and it's not for uh, it, it, the, the too much of the uh, the misinformation, the people sharing bullshit, and they silence people and all different things. And, and but you know what, Facebook is still huge, so they have a I responsibility. Was say, they have a responsibility with, with no other with no other option in terms of our digital town square. This is what we end up reverting back to to share information with one another because everyone's on. And it reaches everybody. Yeah, it's still really big. So, you know, right now, fuck Mark Zuckerberg because he really, he should have stood back to back, put his company back to back with Twitter, I guess. And, uh, and you got to stand up to this nonsense because I'm getting really tired of it. Um, meanwhile, uh, uh, Donnie Boy uh, says we're, we're saying goodbye to the WHO. Sure. What do you think? Sure. So I think that like um, instead of trying to uh, impact change and impart change from within, he's saying once again that we're just going to cut ties and take our ball and go home. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you want to say that um, the WHO has had many, many missteps in terms of China and it, you listen to some of the things that he has to say, it's not a binary option uh, Democrat or Republican when it comes to the missteps of China. And um, I'd like to get to something a little later. It's called the Serve America Movement, SAM. And um, fuck it, I'll just get to it right now. Yeah, go ahead now. It's what is being um, considered uh, by me to, and uh, others to be the very first uh, viable third party in quite a long time. And this has got me really excited because if you have Democrats who want to play politics with things like the WHO and not acknowledge their missteps and um, favoritism in some regards to China, uh, then you're actually turning your eye to the truth. So these mm -hmm. guys are sitting here as a entity that says that they are built of current and former Republicans and Democrats that want nothing more than common sense approaches to solutions with apolitical um, statements. Yep. I, I am all on board with that. Um, just because Donald Trump says one thing about China and how they've been gaming the system doesn't mean that you have to be in opposition to that because you're of an opposing political party. Yeah, and I don't We've been critical of the even last week or two weeks ago. We were uh, critical of the WHO for the way that they've kind of been wishy-washy about their mask policy. Um, there, this isn't this shouldn't be about politics, and it shouldn't be about uh, singulary uh, incidents or issues. Being part of the WHO is is responsible on a worldly level. Exiting in it does nothing beneficial for you. All you're doing yeah, but we is could say the same thing about the Paris Accord or a number of other things, the UN, where um, just because we might be paying a little bit more into it, and God forbid we've gotten a lot more out of it than some countries, 
we're just going to take our ball and go home. No, you have to get together as a consensus and rectify these things, not just tear them down. Yeah, so the WHO thing is just one more example of how we are taking ourselves out of the conversation on the global level. And um, I think it's going to put us at a disadvantage, if not in the short term, in the long term, because um, in a global community, this uh, everything affects us, and we have to have a seat at the table, and we have to have open dialogue. And um, we're just taking ourselves out of one conversation after the next. It's, it's just really disappointing. Yeah, it seems like a really uh, bitter sort of, I guess, childish movement uh, to, to make mm-hmm. on your own. Spiteful. Uh, th- yeah, the upsides. And if you want to be an impetuous child about things, that's fine. But you shouldn't be president. Because I'll tell you what, the upsides to not being in the WHO are, I don't know what they are. But there are some upsides to being part of it. So, mm-hmm. that's that's on. Totally him. agree. Yeah. Um, so while we're talking about this stuff, we did pass a hundred thousand deaths in the United States from the coronavirus recently. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got a, a just a few officially. Things. I mean, the the count right. is going to go up uh, from there when we look retroactively. But we, yeah, we know for sure that more have died from it uh, than that. But uh, that's the number that we're mm-hmm. passing. And they're still learning things. Uh, there are these, uh, I love this title, Super Spreaders. It sounds like a porno title. Um, That's su- what I titled last week's episode. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Super Spreaders. <laughs> Apparently about 10% of uh, the people out there with COVID are spreading it to about 80% of the other people who have it. So yeah. it's a lot like... I just almost- read an article this weekend. Um, it was about the first uh, SARS epidemic uh-huh. where they were able to tra- they were able to trace 40,000 or 4,000 cases of the initial SARS outbreak to one man's visit in a hotel room in Hong Kong. Yeah. And th- that's amazing. This is apparently a thing that happens all the time because I guess it was true of the uh, 1915 flu as well. So sure. th- this is not new. Um I I do love talking about super spreaders and I also love that the statistic lines up exactly with one that we used to talk about when I was in my 20s, whereas it, it was 10% of the guys out there are the ones sleeping with are 80, having 80%, 80% of the sex. The sex yes, with the, the I women. remember yeah. that yep. because I was not in that demographic. I was like, man, those guys are awesome. Yeah, I was awesome. <laughs> and hey, that, that might have been you. It Congratulations. Was. <laughs> I was a little late to the party. I got mine in, not going to lie. But um, yeah, that was uh, something that I was like, that has got to be right because it seems right like i see them out there <laughs> it really flexing it, on the regular and uh, i'm not bringing home anybody ever so all right that sound that jives <laughs> yeah I, because after i first heard it i was like yeah that's definitely got to be true because i you know and but it was just interesting um that it was the exact same numbers uh, with these uh, super spreaders so super spreaders <laughs> on both sides of this conversation the 80-10 rule applies to you. And uh, we've got a vaccines right. uh, update <laughs> coming through. Um, I, I don't want to dwell on that conversation uh, in the, the midst of all the, the heavy issues we're dealing with. But uh, the, uh, we've a got a vaccine yeah. update uh, where uh, basically the first uh, human trial has been passed. Um, you know, So they're right. optimistic uh, moving forward. So we will uh, continue to follow that. Um, 
But uh, what I really hey, like we said, uh, or oh, at ahead. least like my wife and I said, we're not going to be the first ones in line. No, for the first vaccine. You're an idiot. We're going to wait this one out, and someone else. <laughs> yeah, someone else can be that guinea pig. Uh, but I will be maybe second, second in line, second wave of uh, test folks. Once two. we know that n- nobody's dropping like flies, I'm not going to be in the beta. Uh, but the beta we're going trial. to have, we're going to have hopefully more than one answer to this. Right. But it's like the iPhone uh, 1, but you know? No, the iPhone 1 is kind of a piece of shit. Everybody waited around until the buggy. iPhone 2. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> but yeah, we're not anti-vaxxers um, or anything, but yeah, you don't want to be the, the first guy. No, but I was listening to um, a reporter who was, a, I believe, a New Yorker correspondent in living in China for a very long time, and um, he was talking about how the parallels uh, started to diverge between... Um, like when, when you talked to him two months ago, you were able, or three months ago, whatever, you were able to find out what was going to transpire in America three weeks hence. And we were just that far behind it. But because of our ineptitude of contact tracing and mm-hmm. quarantining in general, that's where China has already been able to open up with dance clubs and they're really trying to get back full force into society and they're doing so responsibly. He said that their kids went to, have been in school for four weeks already. They did three weeks with masks and then the teachers were just sick of it. So now they're not even wearing masks in the classroom already. And the reason is, is because his kid is getting his temperature taken three times by 9 a.m. in the morning, like once at home, once at the train station, once when you go into class, and then several times throughout the day. Yeah. Like, they're so much more responsible about this. And, you know, as we've said many times, they're able to do so because they're an authoritarian regime. And he said that, you know, if you wanted to travel three uh, cities over, you had to download three different codes so that you could check in as a green light covid okay person in each location that you tra- you you pass through along the way imagine that kind of system in this country and it's it's basically unfathomable i agree uh these are really weird times that we're in um there's going to be another aid of stimulus or another round of uh, stimulus aid coming out i think they're discussing it at least, and McConnell says that's going to be the last one. Um, I don't know when this stuff. Is and there end. should be there should be riots in the streets once again if you're not talking about getting the majority of the money to individuals and very small businesses. Right. We don't um, need any more corporate. I heard subsidies. a fact. Yeah. I heard a fact this this week that really broke my heart. Like you know how many people in inner cities or just like essentially um, poorer communities rely on school lunches and just just lunch and food programs for their children. It's not just breakfast and lunch. Some people are getting all three meals at their schools. And so when this pandemic came around, you had a concerted effort to make sure that that did not stop. Well, I understand that when they tried to transition that money, that monetary equivalent of the voucher program to cards to give these people as of right now, only 15% of eligible people have been receiving that funding. So think about how many kids and how many families are under stress or going hungry right now. And you look at that in comparison to the massive bailouts that these corporations who may or may not have been responsible with their finances it's have gotten. Disgusting. It's yeah. another source of unrest at a very, very visceral level. 
I agree. Yeah, it's terrible. Um, yeah, so that's what I mean. So this this next round better not have any of that fucking shenanigans where, oh, we didn't have enough time to really figure out where the money went. Or uh, I think it was like uh, 50 or whatever, 80% of these uh, independent contractors who got these large PPE um, dole outs from the last thing had never actually had a government contract before or had never actually dealt in the distribution of PPE before. It was just a large money grab where the people who were positioned best to take advantage of it did so. And and you have fucking people going hungry as a contrast to that. It's it's sickening. It is sickening. And that's on both sides. It if is, you don't do your due say, diligence, you're get, gone. Get in there. If you're going to get in here, do the right thing. I don't want to see the left talking about climate change things in the bill. I don't want to see corporate subsidies from the right put money in the hands of people. And that's all right that matters. Now. People should not be yeah, struggling. Keep them out of the fucking bread lines. Exactly. 100% agree. Oh, so. Wow, it is so frustrating, man. I just really hope that we find some kind of leadership. Like, I saw Donald Trump actually turn a corner for like 12 hours on Twitter where he was, I don't know what happened, either brainwashed or he got hacked, but he he, he sounded compassionate for five minutes. And then it all went away in the blink of an eye, and he started quoting that dude from Miami saying, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. I'm like, I thought you were just in 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 concert with us for a second, saying that it was uh, an injustice what happened to Mr. Floyd. Yeah, he seems and like then, he's... And then he just reverted back. He's got some kind of a bipolar mood, where it's it, it's no. the same thing. Do you remember a couple of years ago when they had the uh, the, uh, the the white supremacists and the Nazis or whatever, and they, they plowed through the crowd... Uh, and they they killed that woman uh, in Charlottesville. The what about isn't the yes, both sides exactly? Yes, of course. Over, over the whole yeah. over the statue, the Confederate statue, and isn't it interesting that Antifa <laughs> is being declared terrorist? But back then, he said that these these were very fine people. How are white supremacists very fine people? And Antifa, if you know what, if you want to derogate Antifa, I, oh, fine, whatever. But if you're going to declare them terrorists. Then you've got to be fair and say that the people who are running over a hate group, running over people and actually killing them, these are terrorists too. But Trump doesn't. And not make just it. that, but furthermore, those people on the right are far more well organized. And um, yeah, Antifa's not organized you know, at all. That's why I went. A, that's a what terrorist I mean. Organization. That's not an organization. So you want to get at people, you get at people who have one ideology, not these disparate fashion factions who are just trying to get together to fight oppression in general. It is like a you've got some, right you've word. got a people. Yeah. Um, so, uh, like I said, going forward, there has to be a, a unifying and a calming voice, and we know it's not going to come from the White House. I just don't know where it's going to come from. Right. I it's it's very frustrating. Um, so before we uh, get done uh, smashing Trump today, uh, we should make a a mention of uh, the SpaceX uh, and the, the Falcon Nine, basically that was successfully mm-hmm. um, made right. its way to yeah. the space station. Uh, was supposed to launch Wednesday, ended up launching uh, yesterday on Saturday. Uh, very cool. We're getting closer and closer to this uh, this potential commercial space travel. Which is something amazing that, like, we talked about when we were kids, and 
all the shit that we talked about when we were kids from the future hasn't happened. We got no hoverboards. We're not teleporting. There's no flying cars. But finally, maybe the total recall dream of moving to Mars may happen eventually. And this is a step in that direction. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I guess you can look at it like that. I just see it as one more thing that rich people are going to get to do that the rest of us aren't. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so I just think that it's ridiculous. Well, I, I see that, that there are actual... <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be cheap, but I just think that what is the end game here? Especially when there's no viable place to go in space. You're just going to go up there, spend $2 million, and come back down in a couple days with a cool story. Uh, that's fine, but what is the worth in that? Um, well, the value is... And it- I also see that they have companies who are ready to start providing these vacations as soon as the third quarter of 2021 so all they needed was one successful launch from spacex and now they're in it to win it man hey if it's an economic boost and it's something cool that people can do then i'm for it and you know what we don't know to be honest what the potential or the possibilities are we don't know right now but uh you and i are the smartest people in the rooms that we're in but we're not going to be the smartest people in all the rooms so I think Hell that no, man. a lot of these, there's there's probably a lot more here to be found out. <clears throat> I don't think that Elon Musk is the guy who's going to figure it out himself, but uh, it's something very cool. And you know what else is not? But cool? that man really is a fucking national and global treasure on a lot of on a lot of fronts. So he's a I weird think he dude, deserves but, uh, protection stat. What did he hey, name his son? Yeah, guess what? <laughs> he named him X Y Z dash thirty nine. I think is that what it was? No, it, it's something. I don't it's know. Like, it's uh, SARS COVID nineteen seventy nine. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It's 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 X. terrible. Yeah, it's X and it's uh, a Apedia. I, I forget what that. Uh, I don't know the name of that. Uh, it's the A E. The A E together. Symbol. Yeah. Like yes. On the, the, the and first he had this kid with the um. W- yes, he had this child with the artist Grimes. If you yeah. didn't know that. No, I did know that. Yes. I, I, that was news to me. Like, I didn't know they were a thing, and he's obviously got kids from previous marriages that have names like Jonathan or whatever the fuck. Right. But, yeah. like, yeah, he just, he this was all Bill. into space right now. And this is, uh, this is yeah. X, X-A-E, I, I. <laughs> um, yeah, we just call him Buzz. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, uh, as cool as, uh, that is, or as, uh, as mundane as it is, if you're Ron, um, Somehow, out of out of the woodwork comes Trump once again, taking full responsibility for a program that's over ten years old in the making, and he did it all himself, according to both him and Pence, and he's waving his flag and letting you know that. Oh, thanks a lot! Thank Absolutely, God, Trump is here for the space program. Yeah, but don't lie. Like when you were young and you watched cartoons and they had anything that was equivalent to a space force, it was usually a dude that looked like Mike Pence that was at the podium. So it kind of fits, but <laughs> he's an evil motherfucker, so it's not quite the same. Yeah, yeah, he's I, he, Mike Pence. I do you think he's necessarily evil, or he's just an? Idiot? When I think that like, you're. When I think that your fund- fundamentalism makes you so delusional that you believe in evil and oppressive uh, policies, then yes, that's what camp you get lumped into on my in my book. 
Okay, let me say that again, because I didn't mean to say that he's stupid, because that's what I said. You know what? I want to do that part again for myself. Edit that part out that I said. <laughs> <I'll> <laughs> I actually try. like okay. what you said, so try to keep that. Well, I'm not going to be able to do that again, <laughs> so let's well, move on. Well, just cut and paste it and move it back, because <laughs> it was good. All right. No, no, no. We're not doing it. Mike Pence is not stupid. Pete said so. Okay. <laughs> Damn it. It's okay, Pete. You're allowed to call. I'm going to call him stupid right the fuck now. I do think so. Uh, anyways, um, yeah, exactly. So, uh, but yeah, let's was... uh, let's let's wrap this up because I, I I felt my anger subsiding, and I think this is a, a good time to maybe get into a couple lighter notes. Like, do you have anything that you might be looking forward to in the in the upcoming week, either as a distraction or just as a respite? You know, um, is that one that I pronounce wrong too? I say respite. Uh, a respite? Yeah, I think I, I think, think actually, you're right, and I'm wrong. I think for once I'm right on one of them. Um, you know, uh, right now I'm just I'm happy to be here in Florida uh, and enjoying time with my mother, uh, not near these uh, these riots, and um, it's it's been nice. Lo- I'm looking forward to get home, getting home, and uh, you know, trying to hopefully get things further and further uh, back down to where I'm comfortable again. And that, that goes with this uh, virus and the riots and all the things that have been going on in 2020, from murder hornets to Australia on fire to whatever else. I'm just looking forward to working through all of this and starting to feel some mm-hmm. sense of normalcy again. I get it. Um, and I think that it is normalcy, if we're going to talk about pronunciation. It is. I, as soon as I said it, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> As soon as I said so, normalcy. I didn't mean to do that, but you, you <laughs> left it right out there. That was low-hanging fruit. I did, man. Fruit. Oh, God. Ugh. And so I didn't actually get to mention this, but like, or, as we were sitting here recording this, um, the local protest that started basically um, uh, violence-free or whatever in, in Youngstown right now have grown to a little bit of a disturbance. And I'm looking at my news feed and it's saying that, you know, we've got um, some places blocked off and we just had an, an emergency curfew placed um, for the downtown area. Um, so things are getting actually local, even in the little small town of, of the Yo. And um, I understand it because people are being affected here. So I want to see real resolution and real dialogue every day from here on out because um, the violence and the looting only sends one message but if we open our mouths and have dialogue we can send all the messages we want because right, right now the, the stage is, is ripe and the platform is ready for actual demands to be made and if everyone's on board with that I think this is the time where those types of things can actually come to fruition yeah, we're in a place right now, no matter what side of the fence you lie on uh, currently, um, you have to understand that there was a reason that these riots happened. And uh, I, a pretty peaceful person in American history is Martin Luther King Jr. And uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, was quoted as saying, a riot is the language of the unheard. And we've seen th- these people for years and years and decades and centuries undergo the sort of treatment that that we as white people can't even imagine. And that's why we use the word privilege for us. And 
people are having enough of it and white people are having enough of it too. They can't believe it either. This, this in 2020 shouldn't happen. So as much as I don't like to see all the violence and all of the terrible things out there, you have to understand that there was a reason for this and there's going to be an outcome afterward where there's going to be more discussion. So it's not entirely senseless, even if it is violent. So I guess I'm absolutely, playing. but demand your demand your seat at the table because you deserve one. Yes, that's where that's where I stand. And if they don't get it, then guess what? The shit is going to persist. Right. So uh, we might be at an inflection point where I think there we're both, might we're be both some change. That both can sides come. of the fence here, aren't we? A little uh, it, because I understand I understand both sides. I really do, and I I hate it. Uh, seeing these these business owners and stuff, I hate seeing that stuff. But well, I when you say both sides, all you too, mean is so. the people who are against destruction and people who are for destruction. There is no, I don't understand why they're doing that. Nobody, at least between the two of us, is on that side. Right. We understand why it's happening. We just wish it didn't have to happen in the way that it in is. In the way that it is, there is a Venn diagram out there that you can belong to uh, a rational demographic on both sides. So, um. I mean, for, for what it is now, you know, we, we do hope that everyone is safe and that no one's had their property damaged. We are definitely uh, on the side of peace. Uh, first and foremost here, we are born to be mild. So, um, you, you know, we're, we're wishing all of our best to all the people out there in the big cities and uh, that hopefully all of this uh, passes soon. And we also likewise uh, support all of the people out there with the cause who are frustrated and fed up with the actions of people uh, like the police officer that literally murdered an innocent man. That's right. No justice, no peace, my friend. That's true. Well said. All right. Well, you have a safe and humble and blessed week, if I may say so. You're doing great work down there. Keep it up and keep everybody safe and happy. Yeah. Thank you, sir. And uh, I will be back home for next week for our regular round of madness here. So uh, until then... <laughs> yeah, let's see what that's like. <laughs> who knows? It's 2020. I mean, next week, uh, you know, maybe uh, Ohio secedes from the nation and uh, we're part of Canada. So... Yeah. I, and I was calling 2020 the year of hindsight months ago <laughs> out of a joke. But it has never been more true because there is so much for us to reflect upon and move forward from. I mean, it's never boring. We can at least say that. So That's uh, right. That's right. Until then, everyone out there, I want you to stay safe and stay mild. We love you. I'll see you next time. All right. And please share us with your friends and with your fellows and your racist uncles and anyone who you want to have make a little bit of sense (laughs) out of this shit. If you feel like we're doing it, help us out and uh, let us know that we're doing a good job. We love you all and we'll talk to you next week. Take care.